Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to a rueful noise. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Todd, Jennifer, and Nicholas of A Rueful Noise. How are you guys doing? Great. Hey, we're great. <laughs> awesome. I'm uh, very happy to have you guys on the show. Uh, I really want to uh, get into like the new music you guys are recording. Um, I also have a question about one of the tunes on the, the EP. But first, how did you guys come up with the name, A Rueful Noise? Because I love it. Well, part of it came from scouring a Victorian literature book for interesting language, because uh-huh. that's what I do for a living, is essentially teaching literature. So just came up with a group of kind of random, interesting kind of dark names, and it just kind of came together that way. So awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of a little research project. It yeah, it's very cool. And it does. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's also cool, because it fits the music. Um, you yeah, know, when I listen to the EP, um, and, and I think it's just you just have the three songs out, right? Is that true? Or do you have more? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, um, we have two covers out. Okay. Also, but yeah. Um, but in those, in those three tunes, there's that kind of, there's this, well, one, they're super catchy, but then they're also uh, kind of dark and moody. Um, yeah. That fits the name perfectly. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank but uh, one question I had about the, um, the EP is that, um, I, I love all all three of those those tunes, but the last one I think it's the last one, Terminal Union. Yeah, uh, that tune is so cool because it, you know it, there's this kind of eruption of I don't know like rage or something in there. I was like, so yeah. what the hell? So I want to know understand the story. Like, how did that tune come about? And maybe that evolves into like like how you guys write music in general. Sure. We'll talk about our rage issues. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the, the tune came about, um, because of, uh, I was writing a song and, uh, Jenny will attest to this. I'm really slow at writing songs and slow at putting them together. So I'd been playing a couple of riffs just over and over, probably annoying the crap out of her. (laughs) And, um, she was like, you need to turn that into a song. And, And I had no vocal ideas whatsoever with it so she wrote some lyrics she wrote the verses and the melody the vocal melody and we sort of arranged it and um as far as the yelling and screaming part <laughs> um i i wrote those just sort of as a counterpoint to what i thought she was doing and what i thought the music was doing and uh i mean it turned out we were trying to do like more harmonies, but it, it felt good that we had the two different voices on there. Yeah. With, uh, I sort of think of it as like two different perspectives on a, just a terrible relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Things not going particularly well. And if I may interject, every time we play that live and Nicholas starts howling, I have to really concentrate because it makes me giggle so much. I'll throw up. And uh, I was also inspired. I, I I do have to say this. I was inspired by uh, Joe Hart from Jack Pine Snag. Uh, nice. Todd's other band, Jack Pine Snag. And uh, mm-hmm. 
I fun fact, I was the original bass player for Jack Pine Snag too. So Oh really? He's yeah. he's a, a good friend of ours and a musical hero of mine. So I was definitely thinking about him when I was losing my shit in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joe did our artwork as well for our oh. album. Joe Hart did. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah, very yeah, cool. he's a very, very talented artist and awesome as well. Yeah. Very cool. Hi, John. Uh, we got a fan. John's on here. At least I remembered. <laughs> John, how are you doing? It looks like you're enjoying the outdoors. Yes, I'm out back. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, uh, so John, uh, you kind of know the, the drill. Um, fans are allowed to ask questions. Do you have any questions for these guys? Um, I... Um, not at the moment. Hold on. All right. No worries. <laughs> the swing of this. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, as you were d describing that process, you know, with Nicholas coming up with some riffs and, and, you know, trying to, it, is that typical? Um, is it where one of you comes up with an idea, then you bring it to the band to, to form it? Or do you, you know, someone comes up, here's the full fledged thing and then small tweaks and we're done. For right now, I mean, they won't accept my humming tunes that I come up with. We're working on it. It's hard to transcribe. Wow. I did that once. Um, yeah, for the most part, it's been pretty collaborative. There's been a couple yeah. of songs. Uh, I think I brought one that I've been playing for a long time, but it has changed since we've been playing it. So, um, yeah, I would I would say for the most part, none of none of the songs that we play um, are just the work of one person. So yeah, definitely cool. So um, you know, sort of along the lines of your origin, how did how did the band come together? I will let you guys start this since you knew each other first. Okay, so Nicholas, way, yeah, way <laughs> back in the oddies, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas is one of my oldest friends, and this is our sixth band together. I think eighth. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a lot. Been awesome, a lot. awesome. Yeah. Um, some of them are just like you know one off things, but yeah. we've been playing together in a Misfits tribute band for nine nine or ten years or something like that. No, it's been it'd be fourteen because we started in two thousand nine. Oh right, well. <laughs> Oh, like 14 years and maybe 15 gigs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've, yeah, we played in a bunch of bands together, um, mostly me playing bass. And then um, Jenny and I moved in together. Yes. After other things happened. <laughs> and we, uh, we started playing music together, mostly during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, just hanging out with nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> playing a lot of covers, playing. And uh, yeah. so we started playing covers and we started writing music together. And, you know, we talked about doing a band after gigs were a thing. And, you know, we both knew Todd and thought of him as a great drummer. That's a lie. Sort of a, <laughs> a good drummer. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's how it came. Awesome. And I have to interject to say that before Nicholas and I got together, 
I knew both of these guys as kind of they're gonna blush at this. <laughs> but as kind of like rock stars or like rock stars, my opinions. And yes, yeah. I adored both of their bands, both Jack Pine Snag and Hat Matter and bands that Nichols has been in. And so it was, it was really, really wild to be oh. <laughs> part of that, to be able to be part of playing with these particular yeah. people because I've always really admired them very greatly. And still listen to their music. Like I was just listening to Jack Pine, just in Hat Matter, not like two days ago. So it's hard to not think of them as still kind of in that rock star echelon kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) We also knew Jenny because she was in um, Scary Scary Women. Great, great local band that we played with a bunch of times and loved to see. So it was a natural, natural Yes. Nice. So Nicholas, the band you were in before, that was uh, Hat Matter? The Hat Matter um, right. was one of the bands I was in most recently. Yeah. Okay. And that was sort of an indie rock band out of Lansing. Cool. Um, I uh, I wasn't the front person. My buddy Isaac wrote all those songs and um, he's a he's an amazing musician and producer. Um, but I, I was sort of the guy who played weird noises uh, <laughs> with keyboards and some guitars and just made synth noises. And... But he did them all at once on stage. So he'd be playing the guitar and then playing the keyboard yeah. and like playing a horn. And so it was pretty insane. Awesome. Like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cause, uh, cause I was definitely familiar with Jack Pine snag with this, uh, uh, that band blew me away when I saw him at fuzz yeah. fast. I was like, Jesus Christ, what is this? You know, it's so awesome. <laughs> I think we really need to uh, add Jeremy to the story also. Oh, Jeremy Porter? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because he kind of plays an integral part. Yeah, that's a very good point. When we started playing together, our friend um, Jeremy Porter, who's in Jeremy Porter and the Tucos, uh, plays in Detroit quite a bit. Uh, he had heard Nicholas and I playing together because we would put videos out on Facebook. Uh-huh. And he had kind of encouraged Nicholas and I to to put something together and said, if you do some originals, you know, he'd be willing to produce it and put it, you know, put a record together. Oh, And that really, I'm really glad you said that. Um, that really galvanized us, I think, to put this group together and to get to really, yeah, come together as a, a, as a band. And so, yeah. Cool. And Jeremy produced that our EP okay. was integral to the way it came together. And yeah, so he's a very important part of it. And the drummer of the Tuco's Gabriel, he's the one who recorded us. Yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Super cool band. Awesome. Super cool guys. Yeah, I've not heard of them, so I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds good. I lo- that's <laughs> what I love about talking, you know, to people is like you know, they, you know, rattle off like a couple different bands, like, holy shit, I gotta make a note, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, they're kind of road dogs. They they go out on tour like, you know, three or four times a year, and they're just playing all the time. They put on a great show. Yeah. Kind of like more um, more roots rock, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. But Jeremy's been in a million bands over the past thirty years, and I the first time I met him, I was like, he looks like he could be like the ill-gotten son of uh paul westerberg <laughs> just, just, <laughs> it 
remember who else I accused him of looking like. He but. looks he looks like a rock star. He just he, Jeremy just everything about Jeremy just kind of screams rock star. Paul too. Westerberg is Isaac Brock from Miles Miles. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, a lovely so, guy. Cool. He, he and Gabe both for sure. Very cool. Yeah. So are so um are they involved with the 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 new album that you guys are recording? Uh, no, we're actually recording with um, another band member of Todd's in the Jack Pine Snag, yeah, uh, Jason Jason Rodell, and he's he's basically doing all the recording and the in the mixing and producing for cool. us this time. Yeah. Um, and it's really convenient. We were thinking about trying to find a studio, and he just uh, came over and said, "We can we can do it all here." So. <laughs> Yeah. Very convenient that you don't have to move a ton of amps around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Around space, it's really nice. Nice. So uh, exceptionally okay. talented. So yeah. he's. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he did. He did the last. Uh, he's done a ton of records, but he did the last Jack Pine Snag EP, the blue one. Um, and then he did the Scary Women album, mm-hmm. and he's done. Uh, his most recent project, he recorded his own other band, Animal Crawler. Who you're doing? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so he's just a great guy to work with too. Yep. Awesome. Very relaxed. Yep. Very cool. He did. Oh. Uh, he did. Uh, he, um, he mastered the new Bloody Butterflies album that's going to be uh, coming out. Oh, awesome! Very cool. Yes. Excellent. Um. So what's the status of your, uh, of the, are you guys done recording? Is it uh, mixed and ready? What's, what's, where's it at? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, Todd, Todd was a rock star and he knocked out the drums in two sessions. And I already hate yep. the drum tracks. No, they're <laughs> really, really great. Yeah. And then um, we've been working on guitars and I've got probably, I would say three quarters of the gu- guitars done now. Hopefully, crossing my fingers. <laughs> um, I always just I want to keep adding stuff because Jason he captures really good performances and yeah. really good tones. Every time I listen to the playback, I I just think, oh, that sounds great. It'd be killer if there was this other part too. Oh man, um, <laughs> he's really he's really great at capturing that. So, but I have to cut myself off. Um, there's just going to be a couple of odds and ends left. And then Linda will be doing her bass parts, and then we'll do the vocals, and hopefully, it'll be coming out. Maybe I don't know. Fall well, out. right now, what I'm learning with the Bloody Butterflies album is that the turnaround for vinyl is about four to five months. Oh wow! So if we finish everything and we get it mastered uh, in a relatively easy time, probably November or December. Okay, so so you you guys are going to do vinyl then? Yeah. Yep. Oh, awesome. Very cool. And John, you guys are doing vinyl? Yeah, yeah, we're doing vinyl. Oh, man, that's awesome. When is that coming out? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) We're waiting on the pressing plant. Everything else is in line. So maybe June, July. Oh, awesome. Wow. That's fantastic. Wow. I knew you guys were recording, Uh, but I didn't realize. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, we, we, recorded, we recorded with Ryan from No Skull, so nice. it's like all, all done locally here. Him, him, and Jason had their hands in it. Nice, very nice, awesome. Uh, so, um, so 
roughly we're saying you know maybe end of the year um for the album to come out um i know you guys have got shows coming up um any that you're like well you're probably excited for all of them but is there any particulars you're like oh yes this is gonna be great uh well, we're playing with uh, Buddy Butterflies, for instance. <laughs> we're playing with John's band and No Skull, who we just mentioned. That's uh, a show that's going to be really fun. It's a really fun Lansing show. July, right? In July, yes, I believe. We're playing up in Oscoda. That'll be different. Oh, yep. <laughs> we're at Oscoda. The Idlewise? Yeah, Idlewise. So yeah. what happened was we played a show last year, no, year and a half ago at uh, Flint Hard Cider, Flint City Hard Cider. Yeah. It was with um, Nuke and the Night Shift. Yeah, I've heard of them, but I've not and, yeah. uh, seen them. They're fun. A friend of ours, Heavy J from the band Ouch Me Ours, um, he's from there, and he said, say hi to all the band for me. So I started talking to them, and they're really nice guys, and they enjoyed us. And the drummer said, hey, we have a festival up there every year. Would you guys like to play? We couldn't that year. And he said, well, I want to get you guys up here. So he said, hey, we're finally doing some shows at this bar up there. Would you be interested in coming up? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. So when is, when is that? Do you know? I can uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that July? I think that's, it might be July. Oh, I was going to say, because I'll be in Ascoda, uh the end of May. Yeah, July, uh, 22nd. July 22nd. Yep. Oh, oh July 22nd. Oh, that, that's a bad day, guys. That's beer. <laughs> Sorry. Beer Festa Nipsey, man. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. 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 We're also yeah. playing a, uh, a dispensary opening in, in, in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. With Jack Pine Snag. June yeah. 10th, yeah, it's June at 10th. Winewood Organics. Yeah. Oh, I know where that is. Uh, yeah. I drove past it. It's off Maple Road, I think, Maple and Stadium. Um, huh. All right. Really excited about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah we're cool. excited about everything we've got on the <laughs> Yeah, and we haven't, like, we haven't practiced together in such a long time because of the recording process. So it's months, like yeah. just just getting together just the three of us to play is just going to be fun since we've yeah. been isolated recording and whatnot so yeah. yeah very cool very cool so um what uh, for this is a question for each of you um what was it was there a particular person a band something that got you um into music um playing an instrument being a musician and um did that same person also like influence you to want to be uh on stage in a band so well, let's start with jennifer um yes definitely i think my first major influence was natalie merchant um because initially i didn't play an instrument either until scary women when i started when i was in that band i don't know how long ago that was but um i've only recently kind of in the past like seven years or so started playing an instrument so uh -huh. initially i was very very much into nally merchant as an influence and michael stipe for sure um once i started playing an instrument uh joe laley from, from fugazi for instance was like uh -huh. oh my god just, <laughs> we wound up meeting him actually and we that did. was just yeah. amazing so <laughs> um so i had different influences now and now that i've actually picked up an instrument so yeah. but nally merchant was definitely one of my first 
my go-to. I just sang her albums for just endlessly. So in REM, I'm just a massive fan. So awesome. awesome. Yeah. Nicholas. Uh well. I I don't really know who interested me the most in like learning guitar. Um I will say there were a lot, a lot of bands. I mean, the first band that I ever really interested, I was really interested in like being in a band like that was probably um, Blind Melon when they came out with their first record. <laughs> the best thing ever. And like, I love, I love Shannon Hoon's voice. Like uh, he was like a huge idol for me. Um you know, and it and it was a while. Like I would listen to a bunch of hippie music, a lot of jam bands, and yeah. <laughs> they, well, the cool thing about I don't really listen to that stuff anymore. Um, but the cool thing about it is just like they kind of had this attitude of like, well, anybody can do it. You know, and just get yeah. on stage and improvise or whatever. And you know, that's that's certainly true. But also, a lot of it sounds like crap, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're like. A teenager and you don't know what to do with your instrument but uh as far as like a songwriting thing goes um i would say like my biggest influences were um elliot smith um and uh richard buckner so you know both just as influences like guys that didn't necessarily make it huge but you know they wrote honest songs and they just did it their way they didn't necessarily sound like everybody else so yeah nice and todd yeah i guess i'm one of those people that was really lucky to without knowing that growing up around a lot of music and uh my uh cousin gary gary popart he uh he was the first drummer i knew and i would always sneak down in the basement and play on the drums (laughs) (laughs) so he I always had like a little bit of an interest in it with because of him and it just kind of took off and it helped when I moved down here from up north because there's an actual music scene. Yeah. It's easier to immerse yourself. Where where were you coming from? Uh or uh Lake City. Lake City. Yeah. Uh, right here. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's that's the beauty of living in Michigan. We all yeah. have it. No, it's yeah. it's north it's northeast of uh Cadillac. Okay. Yeah. I think there was a brewery up there. Maybe it sounds familiar. But... Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anyway, but yeah, it's, uh, it was hard to do bands up there. And when I moved down here, I just immediately jumped at the chance. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, like you said, a little bit more, um, um, well, th- th- that's a question for you guys. Do you think that Lansing, because I felt like when I was at Oigs Fest, um, recently, and other times I've been at the Avenue, um, and even at Max, I always felt like Lansing had a, a pretty decent music scene. It's, um, I honestly think it's a little better than Ann Arbor, which isn't, well, I was going to say it's in saying much, but um, it's much better than Ann Arbor because, it, uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, do you feel that the music scene is, um, between the time that you guys started playing music in, in that area to now, do you think it is doing better or um, is it kind of status quo? It's status quo right now because it's, I mean, I think we all agree. It's, we need at least another venue in town and it's been hard. Yeah. And 
Don can attest to this too. We love the Avenue. That's home. Max used to be home. It's not, doesn't feel like home anymore. Uh, They're doing shows again, mm -hmm. but um, we're kind of taking a wait and see attitude about it. I'm personally boycotting right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, the the Lansing Lansing scene sort of ebbs and flows. Um, Right now, I'm actually feeling like, I mean, I still know a lot of people playing, but there's a there's a bunch of bands that I'm seeing names and I don't necessarily recognize them and who's in them and that's a that's it's a great exciting. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. exciting. Um, next next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend is Stoop Fest, and there's a bunch there's a bunch of bands that um, not all of them are local, but there's a bunch of bands that I've never heard and never had a chance mm-hmm. to see, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to see some of them too, and you know just meeting new people and networking. And there's a couple yeah. of house venues that uh, I've never been to as well. Oh, cool. nice. So yeah. there's yeah. always new things happening. It's just a matter of like uh, putting your ear to the, the ground and figuring out where And to are. add to Nicholas's point, it's the one, my one complaint about Lansing has always been, it always astounded me that the students went across 127 shows because yeah. there's no they don't have a music venue at in East Lansing or by MSU except for Lansing and for the longest time that that's the one really really cool thing about the avenue is the avenue got students to cross 127 they yeah. discovered that there was this cool place and they don't charge cover for shows they could just go they could eat really good ramen have some drinks watch some bands yeah And I would add to you that I think our community is extremely supportive. It's a very, very supportive and generous Mm -hmm. community across Mm -hmm. the board. Um, At least I found that as I was first playing, you know, um, when, however long ago, when I was very nervous starting to play bass in particular and playing live for the first time in a very, very long time since my twenties. And it was just a very um, giving community of people, I think, across the board and very supportive of new bands, like Nicholas was saying. And it's just a, I don't know, it's a, um, it's a community for sure. Yeah. And it's a definite community and it's, I love it here. Yeah, <laughs> in other scenes, it's, it's always been weird uh, because we've, we've been lucky enough to self sustain. Yeah. Uh, but now it's with just the Avenue and then we got Displaced Manor, which is a really cool house venue. Super cool. Venue. And then bands even playing Max. That's helping some, but <laughs> it also, it's in a way it helps force bands to go other places. Yeah. Like you get, because you don't, you can't get a show for a little while because it's so booked. You have to go play Grand Rapids, which every band should go play Grand Rapids. Which is great. Every yeah. band should go play Detroit. I would say every band should play Ann Arbor, but where are you going to play in Ann Arbor, Chuck? Right. I know. See, that's the problem. I mean, yeah. there's the blind pig, but you know, it's, it's yeah. limited. Um, yeah. Although they, they do. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo has such a great house. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Venue, so there is a new place though. I I've yet to go, but I keep hearing about not it. The Maidstone. Is it the Maidstone's not bad, right? We're not bringing no. that. Yeah, no, yeah. but it's, 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 a, it's supposed to be another little uh, divey place called uh, the Regal Beagle. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've, I've not been there yet. 
Is it is that Ypsilanti? Yeah, yeah. But like okay. I, I think down the road from where the Maidstone used to be. Yeah. Um, okay. And I heard that um, somebody I think played there or went there to eat because it's the guy, whoever runs it does barbecue. So yeah, oh, yeah nice. I've been see I've been following them. They, they look like they have a really good menu. Yeah. So. So I might just go to there to eat, you know, but I, <laughs> I keep looking to see if there's any shows I want to go to because I got to I got to check it out. And yeah, I want to go there and I want to try getting a, a show there. And uh, I know that uh, we've been talking about getting Jack Pine down there, too, to play with Booback one last time before they call it quick. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. We'd like a rueful noise is trying to get Booback back to Lansing so we could play with them before they call it quits. Yeah. I'm here first. We've got a cat who's uh, really wanting to join the interview here. All right, awesome. Oh, no, he's <laughs> laughing. No, oh. laugh. no. He's attention yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, One cool place that we've played a couple of times in a region that we never really thought about before, but we've played at this place in Melvindale, downriver, yeah, called Parts and Labor. Oh, yeah. And That's another Really place. cool bar. The sound guy knows his stuff. Yep. They have good food, good drinks. Like we've had a great time both times we've been there. Yeah. And uh, so we're always into finding little places like that, you know. Yeah. That's another place I still haven't been to. Um, I don't know why. I just haven't. You go to the Rockery? Why not? Yeah. Uh, Not yet. Okay. Well, no, that's the reason I asked was uh, Justin, who is the. I think he's either the owner or the manager of uh, Parts of Labor. He used to run the Rockery in Wyandotte. Oh, now, okay. Uh, the name is familiar. Wherever yeah. you go, it's renowned for their grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Gotta love gr- a good gr- grilled cheese, man. <laughs> so, uh, John, did you have any questions? Um, I was going to ask Nicholas something. <laughs> Where'd he go? Oh, he, he uh, I, back. I was looking for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find him. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the first thing I saw of you, Nicholas, was playing bass for Jack Pine. Were you always a guitar guy right from the beginning? Um, not, not really. I mean, I started playing guitar and I took lessons, uh, but it's, it's the age old thing, like most of the guys that I knew that played uh, when I was growing up or when I was in high school were better than me at guitar. So I got a bass. <laughs> not, not, the, not the same thing for every bass player in the world, but that's how it was for me. So I ended up playing bass on most of the bands I was in uh, for a long time, including the Hat Matter. I started out as the bass player and then... I quit and then I came back and got a promotion. So, <laughs> yeah, I saw, I, I saw Hat Matter a couple of times, but I couldn't attest to who was in it because there were like eight guys on stage or something. Yeah, and it, it was always like, you know, we'd have we'd have a bass player for like two months, and then we'd trade up for somebody younger, <laughs> younger and sexier. <laughs> I swear to God, I saw a twelve-year-old once. <laughs> Well, we'd take them on tour and they wouldn't make it through. <laughs> what, do, what do you want to do? <laughs> uh, so if you guys could uh, sit down and have a beverage with uh, anybody, alive or dead, uh, who would that be and what would you like to talk to them about? 
Holy crap. Let's start with Todd. I answered this one when you interviewed uh, Bloody Butterflies. And I, <laughs> still, I still stick with it. Jack Kerouac. All right. <laughs> so uh, for anybody that didn't listen to when we talked about Bloody Butterflies, uh, I always struggle with that. Bloody <laughs> Butterflies. Um, what would you like to talk to Jack about? It was, it depends on what era of Jack. <laughs> he got so like conservative at the end, it changed his view on everything pretty much. Yeah. And when he was younger, he was, it was just like, why, if I was going to ask him, it would be when he was younger, ask him kind of like what's, what the ultimate freedom was to him as far as like just getting out and escaping and seeing you know, just going on any kind of adventure. Yeah. Like I was always cool. slightly jealous of that. <laughs> do it so. Uh, Nicholas. Oh, gosh. Put me on the spot. <laughs> any person alive or dead? Um, well, you know, just, just off the top of my head, I would, I'd, and this isn't so unattainable because he's alive and thriving, but um, Bob Mould. Oh, like, yeah. I I find him very, very inspirational. Like everything that he's done and how long he's been doing it. He, uh, um, Jenny and I have been lucky to see him a couple of times. That was one of um, our first band field trips. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, both solo sets and, you know, full band sets. And he's just... He tires me out just watching him <laughs> and he's so intense yeah, and so loud and he's just got he's, energetic. He's so energetic and just strong and, just and you know, yeah. uh, frankly, no offense to anybody present, but he's, he's an old man. Uh, and <laughs> you, you'd think he'd be calming down a little bit. <laughs> you know, he, he's put out, he's put out some more easygoing music, but at the same time, like, Jeez, wow. If I could keep up yeah. with him, I would I would I would be amazed. But I would my question for him would just be like, how do you do it? How do you do it, Bob? And <laughs> so like learning a bunch of guitar stuff from him because he's he's great. Yeah. He's a great songwriter, great guitarist, great singer. Awesome. Oh. Jennifer. Well, I'm stuck between a really dorky answer and a, a better answer than that. <laughs> My dorky answer would probably be Virginia Woolf. All uh, right. Author, yes. just because her work is so enigmatic and I just adore her. Um, but the more attainable goal would be maybe Kathleen Hanna, because I'm just, we're seeing her Monday. Oh, all right. I would love to talk to Kathleen Hanna one day and just ask her, kind of same similar question like how more so just how she channeled as much rage as she did on stage like I, I want to know what mechanism that was that she channeled that made her as powerful and bikini kill as she is on stage and as I suspect she will be when we see her Monday too just because she was also a, a really really big inspiration for me it kind of went from very pretty kind of Nelly Merchant type of stuff and like Harriet Wheeler and then suddenly discovering Riot Girl and it was like holy shit and that was 
I was like 36 or 37 or something when I discovered Riot Girl, and it was like changed everything for me. It made me pick up an instrument, changed my singing style. Started hating men. I've seen her go and bug John at FBC and throw stuff. <laughs> So I'd I'd like to if I could sit down and have a conversation with her I'd like to know how she how she managed to work up the guts to show that much passion and anger and just venom on stage I just think that's amazing so well does she have she's got like an autoimmune disorder too doesn't she she yeah she has uh, kind of Lyme Lyme disease Lyme disease I believe yeah it's gotta, she, it's yeah gotta be tough to yeah but she if you watch the documentary punk singer you find a great deal about that sure so yeah there you go yeah so i think todd you mentioned that there are band field trips yeah every once in a while <laughs> yeah we uh we're going on one here in a couple of days again too yes with the sunny day real estate and the apple seed cast again yes sunny day real estate's touring i didn't know yes. that. Yep. Yeah. oh yeah we saw them back in september yeah, they did a reunion tour. Yeah. Um without Nate Mendel. Yep. Uh, wow. Busy with Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh it were was great. Amazing. They were amazing. And uh, they they did were did cir- in circles for an encore. And as soon as they got to one of the breaks in the song, the lights went out and at St. Andrews. St. And Andrews lost all that, power. That's how the show ended. <laughs> Oh wow! Awesome. Happy if I could yes. see them play that song live and get the lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Nick was like, "We have to do this one for you guys. You're gonna love it." Yep. And they busted into it, and then just like, right before the chorus went out. Lights went out. They kind of sit on stage and well, they were really confused, <laughs> and everyone was really confused. And then, like, 15 minutes, a guy came out later. A guy came out with a from the from. St. Andrews came out with a bullhorn that was about like this. Yeah, big. it was a tiny megaphone. Tiny, tiny bullhorn. <laughs> was like, okay, you can't have to leave now. I'm like, what the hell? So eventually, their asses out of the place. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we weird way to end the night. Yeah. yeah, we like to go. We like to hang out together. We like to go to shows together. Are we? Are we going to this place this weekend? We're going to. This oh place yeah, this yeah. Place this weekend. We spend an inordinate amount of time together. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. My, uh, they're probably closest friends to me and my wife as we have for just about any couple besides our in-laws. Awesome. That's yeah. cool. That's very cool. Um, so <laughs> I, I thought of something when you were talking and uh, I lost a little bit. Oh, oh. Um, so like around shows and, um, sunny day real estate is, is there a particular, like, so if you wanted to share an album with somebody um, as to something that like just means a ton to you um, and reflects like kind of your journey through music, what would, what would that be? Who would that artist be? And what would you say you need to listen to this? Good gosh. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a tough question. I like that question. So a number of years ago, they there was a thing on Facebook where everybody, you had to share that top 10 albums that mean to you like one every day. And that's been coming up in my Facebook memories. Yeah. And there's just, there's too many. 
<laughs> it's because it's there's certain elves that mean certain things. Yeah. That, I mean, if I just had to whittle it down to one, that's hard. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you do two then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, all right, fine. Uh, my favorite jazz album is Eastern Sounds by Yusuf Latif. I think everybody needs to listen to that one. Awesome. Then if I'm going to go just like one of my favorite albums that just kind of puts everything in perspective, man, that's hard. That's uh, probably, uh, I don't know, keep it like a secret. From Built to Spill. Nice. It's one of those absolute no-skip albums for me. And you get the full gamut as far as, like, emotions in that album. Cool. Mm. Uh, Nicholas, how are you? Uh, well, I mean, if I had to, if I had to pick one album, um, I'd say, oh, fun fact, this is the first... CD I ever bought myself. All right. U2's Octune Baby. Oh, uh, all right. It's not, you know, and it's not the era of the, I, I would say, I wouldn't, most people would call it the classic U2 era. And there's some things about it that sort of make me roll my eyes, mostly, mostly Bono. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I keep coming back to that record and just the production on it is amazing. The guitar tones on it are amazing. The songwriting is is just like I find new things to appreciate about it all the time. And you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that I want to play music like that, but it was a big inspirational record for me, and it is something that I continue to enjoy listening to. Cool, cool. Um, I would say the dismemberment plans change. Oh. I love that album, and I've listened to it for many, many years, as Nicholas and Todd can attest. <laughs> I think I've bought each of them a copy of the album. Many years. <laughs> um, I've ordered it from John at least three times. <laughs> store, of course. And I just, it's just a mind-blowingly wonderful album. It's just, it's incredibly sophisticated and extremely fun and whimsical, but the musicianship is just out of this world and just something I've never heard before. I've never heard any kind of music like it. And um, I've insisted to like all of my friends that it's an album they have to not just own or if you have it given to them, but they have to just <laughs> give themselves over to it because it's just, and it's for me, like going from not playing an instrument to playing an instrument that the album entirely changed. Cause I just, I was so focused on the vocalist who I, yeah. I it has such a unique style. And then I started playing, listening to the bass player who just, whose name escapes me. I feel terrible, but he, and he just is mind blowing. Like I, and I never heard it before because I wasn't really listening for it. And now I hear all these parts of this band that I never, never yeah. heard the way that I do now. So yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, also the first bloody butterflies. Record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking it is like <laughs> speaking yeah, of speaking. things I would do differently now. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So John, how about you? What would be an album that you or two? I'm an old ass man, so I gotta go way back. I would say um 
Su- Susie and the Banshees Juju, um, where nice. like, one of these albums are like, even if you're not into a goth aesthetic, just every one of them has such an original way of playing on it. And especially the guitar playing is just impossible on there. I've tried to watch tutorials on how to play his stuff, and it's just all you got to be kidding. It's almost <laughs> and super tribal drums on it, and flanged out bass, and it's like you can concentrate on any one player on that, and it's great. What they were doing is crazy, and they were all, you know, another like they said non-skip album. Like every song on it had something, but. That, that's my old man album. <laughs> awesome. As far as like, those, like question I'd throw back at them too is who would you see live? And mm-hmm. I always tell everyone you have to see some kind of band with John Brandon singing, either Easy Action or Never Approach, because you'll you'll never see a vocalist like that in your life. Huh. And like the power that he's got, um, you know, just tear your face off no matter what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, mine would have to be Torch. Oh yeah, yeah. John and I went and saw them one the last time they played the Pyramid Scheme, and that still is. I've seen them probably at least almost ten times, and each time it just the only time I ever saw them play not very well. And actually, <laughs> this kind of fits in with that another band that you have to see, and that was when Horrors opened up for them and uh, Red Fang, and Horrors destroyed everything. They had emanated such power that. Torch looked bored afterwards. <laughs> and Red Fang was outright lame. I couldn't see. <laughs> oh, crazy. I might steal Nicholas's answer, but like we were just having this conversation last night about how we both wish we had seen Fugazi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just yeah. seeing live live footage yeah. of which there's a lot, like it's just so intense. Oh my gosh! And that yeah. musical—that music's just so fundamental to so many bands we listen to now. Also, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Mets or you know, so many dozens of bands that came out of Fugazi. Gosh. Oh my gosh! Mets was a great, yeah, Mets was great, great band show. to see too. Yeah, Mets was really fun. That was a another band field trip that was that was <laughs> quite, quite fun. We did get to see half of Fugazi because we saw Meth Meset and we saw Mesthetics. Yeah. So we just, when we met Joe Laley and, and Joe Laley, yeah, and uh, uh, Brandon Canty and Brandon Canty, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Awesome. So now, did you? Uh, so curious about like meeting people that are your um, like musical idols in in, in person. Did you just like kind of? wait and hang out and they walk by and you said hey how you doing or did you know how did that work out no they were all on stage they they were tearing down you could just they they encouraged you to come bug them while they were tearing down very cool yeah joe lolly i i told him i said i just bought a bass you have any any suggestions he's like just keep practicing and you know just have fun with it and he was very encouraging extremely (laughs) encouraging and very kind very 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 oh my gosh yeah and Just Brandon Canty was a was an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, I got cool. to talk to Brendan too. He was really cool. Yeah, yeah that was a great show. And he seemed very down to earth. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And their guitarist um, and the Mesthetics, Anthony Pirog, or something like that. Pirog, uh, mm-hmm. number one, fantastic guitarist. Yeah. Uh, number two, like he's very patient with me. I totally geeked out on him. <laughs> <laughs> We had all these killer pedals and he was using them 
just in such cool ways. And I asked him, you know, about everything. And I was like, oh, you know, I really fanboyed out on him. <laughs> and he, you know, he answered all my questions and he was gracious and it was, it was great. That, there's nothing better than that. Just having, meeting somebody that you, you, you know, you get so excited, especially yeah. all of us have played music for so long that it's, it, we're not like, we're not like ultimate level musicians, but still we, we've been playing long enough and we know what it's like to meet somebody. And so you have to, you have to be kind, you have to be gracious, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so when you meet somebody like that, and I know I'm sure you guys have had it, you get that one excited fan and they're just like, Hey, really nice. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's almost overwhelming. <laughs> so and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Nicholas and I went and saw, uh, and you will know us by a trail of dead here in Lansing one time. And I freaked out on um, <laughs> the drummer. Yeah. yeah. Drummer slash yeah. Anyways. And I just, I even stole one of your drum beats. Ah! <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's great, kid. <laughs> he, he was nice. I ended up having a beer with him later. Jason, that's his name. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But that's it, awesome. It's 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 great when you can meet that that hero of yours and very nice people. Yes. Yeah. 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 Frankie yeah. Benali from Quiet Riot, one of my heroes. I've met talked to him multiple times, and each time he was just so kind. That's cool. That's cool. I, I'm usually like, um, uh, like tongue tied. I don't even know what the fuck to say. Like, I, you know, I'm like, ah, and then like afterwards, then I'm like, fuck, I should have asked him this. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, every time, every time, why didn't I answer, answer this? Yeah. Yeah. Half the time I don't even think to like, you know, try to take a selfie or something like that. It's like, yeah, I did actually meet this person, you know, it's just right. like, like no proof. Yeah. yeah. And and they walked by, you know, it's like, yeah. that's why I started the thing on my Facebook. I started taking pictures of every drummer I knew or every drummer I met that I liked. That way it's like, they're, they're all grouped together. These are all the drummers I like and the drummers I've met. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, and it, I still wish I had gone and talked to him. I was, I went to get a beer. So I was uh, going to go see Carcass at the Crowfoot in Pontiac. So I went to this bar that I knew had pretty good beer, sat at the bar and I looked over and they're all sitting, you know, um, the whole band sitting there and I'm like, Carcass is here, they're, you know, they're, and, but then I was like, well, they're having dinner. They want some jackass coming up saying, asking questions or saying hello or whatever. So I just kind of like, did side eyes, you know, and then watched them, you know, in, in concert. And it was, you know, fucking awesome. I'm like, fuck, I could have talked to these guys, but no. So. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I did that was because the one case that where that happened to me was we, a bunch of us went and saw, uh, I think it was, it was Mudhoney. And the opening band was John Spencer. And he had this band playing with them. And I knew the drummer because it was M Sword, who was used to play around here. Mm -hmm. And it was, oh, that's really cool. And they had this guy who was playing a literal uh, gas can, and he had some shock springs. And it was it was all mic'd. It was just he was just adding noise. And he's sitting at the bar and he's talking to John Brandon. Him and Brandon are buddies. All right. 
I'll sit next to him. I start talking. I'm like, all right, so what made you want to play the gas, you know, the gas can or the gas tanks? And he's like, well, you know, I I used to play in bands back in the day and John knew me and he needed somebody to go on a tour with him. And, you know, hey, it was it was a lot of fun. And, oh, hey, nice to meet you. He was very, very nice. A friend of mine come over and it's like, yeah, what was it like? It was, uh, I think it was Bob Burt from Sonic Youth, wasn't it, John? Yep, it was Bob Burt from Sonic yeah. Youth. I'm like, wait, it was the drummer from Sonic Youth. I was talking to Bob Burt. I didn't even know. It was, and I was so angry. It was like, I just thought it was some guy playing gas cans and strings, but it, it's the second drummer from Sonic Youth. I thought it was that hobo down at the. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, I, I did that at. Um, so I was at uh, Harpo's, uh, this is years ago, and um, we went to see Sacred Reich, and I can't remember who else was playing. It was Overkill, I, I'm not sure. Um, so I was in a, uh, a band at that time, and our singer was talking to this guy, and he brought him over to say, hey man, you know, um, he goes, I can't remember what he said, but I, uh, I think it was loud or something. He goes, and he's like, uh, you know, how you doing to this other guy? And I'm like, oh, you know, hi. And I was, I totally blew the guy off. And then I realized, oh, fuck, that's Wiley, the guitar player for Sacred Reich. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, he's wandering away. He probably thinks I'm an asshole now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. I ran into, well, I, I was at um, Bell's Brewery to see the Baseball Project, which is a band that Mike Mills has from R.E.M. And I had just met Peter Buck at a different show like a few months before. So I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I'm members of R.E.M. This is too much. And Mike Mills, from base, as he's playing for the Baseball Project that night, just kind of meanders into the bar. And I'm just flipping the hell out. I'm like, how am I going to talk to this person? No way I can't talk to Mike Mills for Christ's sake. And so I up to him and I'm like, and I just kind of looked at him and he just kind of looked at me and I was like, I can't believe you're standing here right now. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, where else would I be standing? <laughs> I was like, shit. And then I just kind of like walked away real fast. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> I think that's bad. One time I screwed up Tom Waits' pizza order. <laughs> man, boy, was I embarrassed. Are you serious? Then he wrote a song about it. That's totally not true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> never met Tom Waits. I'd like to, but I don't want to oh. screw up his pizza. <laughs> Crazy. Well, guys, thanks so much for being on Fans with Bands. I really appreciate it. And Nick, yeah, hell yeah. And Nicholas, you you uh, had a perfect segue because the last question is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? Oh, uh, I love pineapple on pizza. Um, and the whole uh, chicken barbecue Hawaiian thing. Yeah. Uh, but I understand if people don't like it. Like I, <laughs> I, I accept people's opinion if they don't like it because I am vehemently against green peppers <laughs> or within five feet of my pizza. <laughs> um, so it's fun. Personally, I, it's okay if you don't. Awesome. <laughs> Jennifer. I'll eat a piece of Nicholas's pizza that has 
pineapple on it, but I'll take most of it off. All right. I, that's kind of a half-assed answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> I am pro pineapple. Uh, one of my wife and I's favorites is a sausage jalapeno and feta. Ooh, oh, once in a while, I'll throw pineapple on there too, and that just adds mm. that sweet, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like that combo there. Wow. Very nice. John, I, I can't remember. Were, were you pineapple or no pineapple? I'm completely anti pineapple on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too I wet. I know what I'm bringing, John, when I come to visit him at work next time. <laughs> So I'm with you on green pepper too. I like green pepper in other things, but on pizza, it's disgusting. Oh man! <laughs> the reaction doesn't work. Well, and you can you can pick it off, but you can still taste it. Oh yeah, you there. Yeah. The only solution is fire. Crazy. Well, thanks. Well, so What's your answer? You can't oh, get mine? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a no pineapple person. I mean, I I probably wouldn't even eat it if it was like somebody gave it to me for free because <laughs> I just don't like uh, – I'm not – and my wife will tell you, I'm not a sweet and savory person at all. Like the sweet things over here, the savory things over here. They, the two should not meet. They should, <laughs> like, you know, like uh, orange chicken or any of that other crap. Like, no, give me, give me the savory things. Put the sweet things over here. They, they have to be oh. walled off. <laughs> Honey roasted cashews or peanuts? See, uh, they, I, honestly, I prefer them if they aren't honey roasted. So, okay. Yeah. Just some sea salt. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks again for being on. Fancy thanks, Fancy. John. Yeah, right. thanks so much. Yeah, John. Really yeah. appreciate it. All right. Thanks, John. Bye, John. Bye. <laughs> thanks so much to Jennifer, Todd, Nicholas, and John for joining me in this episode of Fans with Bands. The people in our rueful noise aren't just great musicians; they're great people. We talked about how they came up with the band's name, their music, and current recording project. There isn't a firm date yet for their first full-length album, but we're hoping toward the fall of this year. Stay tuned to their social media for more info. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, Consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.